What's up and welcome to Party Invite, where we invite you to a gaming community of diverse enthusiasts. Your party members today are Thomas Egan. Yay. Uh, what, what was that? Oh, hello. Sorry, sorry. Is this thing on? <laughs> hello? <laughs> and Debbie Hill. Hi. Long time to see. <laughs> and I am your party leader, Vilos. On today's episode, we are discussing the state of handheld gaming, uh, as we had a certain video game company finally reveal something that people thought would have happened over the last two years uh that maybe was a little different than we expected but uh <laughs> and i have to i have to put uh debbie's edition here bebop skibbity bop that is that is another person's youtube thing but you know just just in case we need a new tag we, we're gonna we're gonna see if that does anything for anybody out there <laughs> so we're gonna start with what we've been playing mine's quick so uh, i'll go ahead and start um I stared at my Switch for an extended period of time uh, this week, and that's about it on that front. I also played some more of MLB The Show, uh, which, honestly, it's getting me to uh, think about watching more baseball. Again, it's been like more than 10 years since I watched a baseball game at all. So, Well, hell yeah, the Royals are doing pretty well, right? I mean, they're they're doing better, I guess, than they did last year. So. Oh, I don't something. know anything. I just hear people be like, "Well, we still like baseball, but." Uh, hoy. <laughs> but for for anybody that uh, is uh, either a casual baseball fan or doesn't know, uh, there is some history going on right now. There's actually a, a player that is uh, an amazing pitcher as well as a uh, hitter. So, uh, what was it uh, Shohei Otani? I believe his name is. Um, oh yeah. Look yeah, him up. Yeah. You might you might have heard how awesome a feat he's uh, pulling off right now, um, but other than that, I uh, really just I, I didn't spend any time with my Switch, but I bought three games for it because <laughs> I can't stop myself, and they were uh, on sale. So, uh, you know, gotta gotta get the SpongeBob for the super cheap. Heck this week. yeah, Battle for Bikini Bottom, baby. <laughs> I cannot believe that that is out on this. Are you serious? Yeah, it was 15 bucks uh, at GameStop the other day, so I was like, ah, oh, shit, okay, fine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How old is that <laughs> game now? I mean, originally, I this I feel like this originally came out in, like, 04 or something. Yeah, it would have been it, late it elementary like school GameCube, for me. Because it was on GameCube, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so nostalgia hit me pretty hard on that, but also, I mean, I got Link's Awakening and Origami King, so I have my absolute fill of first-party Nintendo games to get through now, so yeah, Just definitely going to have to play back. a lot. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other than that, uh, what uh, what have you been playing, Thomas? Uh, I have been playing two things that I've been playing in the past, so I picked up, or I continued to play, rather, uh, Flame in the Flood, which we talked about, I believe, last week. Um... I'm glad I stuck with it. You know, I, I told you that uh, my friend Shell recommended it to me, and she's the one who plays a bunch of survival games with us. So when she said that she was enjoying it, I knew that, like, she has good judgment. So I knew she wasn't going to lead me astray. I'm glad I did spend some more time with it. I consider myself in the mid-game right now. Um, there's definitely fun to be had in the game. There's plenty of stuff that's really rough about it. Um, and, and I've been like basically save scumming a little bit, uh, when I feel like 
there was just some real BS. Um, you know, you the the core mechanic of that game is you hop on your raft and you go downstream and you see a selection of places that you can visit, like types of areas. You don't know exactly what's going to be there, but you generally know what could be there. Um, and you try to navigate your raft to those places without crashing. Um, you arrive, you collect stuff, you craft stuff, and you continue on. Um, I was playing last night, and it's easily the furthest I've ever gotten. I have, uh, basically, once I figured out how to expand my inventory space, the game got so much easier, because I wasn't constantly sitting there juggling my inventory. Um, so once I did that, it was much better. But anyway, I was doing very well. I had... I, I was just across, on all fronts. I was doing much better than before, and I was feeling really good about it. So you've got to manage your thirst, your hunger, your body temperature, and your uh, fatigue. So anyway, uh, usually there is a place to sleep. There's shelter at almost every place that you stop. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but at least two-thirds of the places you stop will have shelter. And I'm going down the river, and the only thing I needed... The only danger I was in was fatigue. And I went to one, two, three, four, five different places, and I couldn't find a single place that had shelter in it. And that just, like, I've the whole time I've been in the game, I've never had that problem. And it just felt like bad RNG. And it felt frustrating. It wasn't fun. Um, and if you revert your save, it takes you way back. It takes you quite a ways back. Uh, but if you just exit the game and close the app on your Switch and then reload it, it'll reload at the beginning of the place that you just visited. So what I'd do is I'd visit a place, walk all the way through it, realize it didn't have shelter, restart my app so that I didn't waste the time running around looking for it, and I'd just appear, you know, I basically stepped onto the island, and then it, as far as the game knows, I immediately stepped back off of it. Well, when I did that five times and I still hadn't found shelter, I couldn't save scum anymore. They're like, as soon as I stepped foot on the island, I was dead. So that was really disappointing. Um, so there's still stuff like that where it's just like, man, this just seems like, like this is an edge that I wish that they had softened down. Like I wish they had sanded down. Um, but other than that, uh, once I figured out basically in that game, when you're in real danger, you just need to leave. Just like, if you're not sure what to do, like if you're not sure how to handle the situation, just cut your losses and run. Just get out of there, heal, go find a different island. Um, so once I found that, it was it was a lot more fun, and I am enjoying that game. I'm looking forward to getting to the end game. Uh, wolves are so dangerous in that game, it's crazy. Because <laughs> um, you'll be like deep into an area, and the wolves often show up in packs of three, and one wolf will kill you very quickly on its own. Um, but they will appear out of nowhere, sprint after you, and unless you have like really fast fingers and the right equipment on you, um, you can't even escape, let alone like kill the wolf or something. So um, yeah, I definitely yeah I definitely saved scum some wolf stuff because I was just like, okay, well, we all know what I wanted to do. Let's do that. <laughs> let's uh, let's try that again. But uh, that's fun. And then I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I booted up. Uh, don't starve together on PlayStation with Lizzie and my friend Christina. That was really fun, especially because I've never played it with Lizzie before. She's watched me play, but she's never played with me. Um, this has got to be the survivaliest game she's ever played. Um, she 
you know, she. I don't know. Have you played Animal Crossing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she she likes Animal Crossing a lot. She does, you know, she enjoys The Sims and stuff. So she's totally familiar with the mechanics that go into something like that. And she's watched me play. She did really well. Uh, but it was really fun to play together. I was on the TV in our living room, and she was on the TV in her room. So we each had our own screen with a nice big UI that we didn't have to split. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump back in that. I think we're gonna play that once a week until we're tired of it. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It really is a good game, and I started playing the single player version just so I could experiment a little bit and be able to pause, which is critical. <laughs> Like not being able to set the game down for any amount of time in the online version uh, is tough. So uh, anyway, I, I guess I'm playing Don't Starve some more. And they keep updating it. They keep coming out with uh, quality of life stuff. So uh, yeah, more we've gotta get, survival. We've got to get you and the gang into uh, into Grounded or uh, Drake Hollow. Oh my gosh. You know what I had? Okay. I forgot to put seven days to die on my list. All I need to tell you is that I built a sick motorcycle track in our zombie world. Like, we built a base, we leveled up, everybody's good to go, we have more resources than we can shake a stick at. So I was like, all right, time to build a ramp. And then that ramp turned into a whole track, and we, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. I even built, like, a view, an observation deck. Uh, what? Dude, because they're surviving, and then there's living, and we're living. You gotta get those screenshots, you know. Oh, I'll, I'll share them. They're all over our Discord. They really Thomas are Thomas said, we're not playing Seven Days to Die. We're playing Trials HD. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the Zombies DLC. <laughs> like everything else has. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all, uh, all survival this week for me. What have you been up to, Debbie? Uh, well, I've been back on my Knockout City grind. You know, I, well, I, I never really gave it up, honestly. I've been playing it for like two months straight. So, you know, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> 310 hours in, whatever. It's cool. Pro player, 100%. <laughs> uh, well, I was the first to get all the achievements in the game. Uh, I have not been disputed on that yet in the Discord. So I'm going to claim that title. And until somebody comes at me with a timestamp, y'all can't have it. <laughs> Uh, but cool. they just got done with one of their big uh, summer events. It was called Heat Wave, and it lasted for two weeks, I think. Um, it came with exclusive uh, customizations. It came with exclusive uh, vehicles and logos, and also um, just a whole bunch of other stuff, too. So that just wrapped up, and uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, lots of summer-themed things. You had to go around and find all the popsicles and everything, and people had intros and outros that were, like, sweaty. There was, like, ice cream trucks flying everywhere. Like, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Uh, this weekend, actually, which um, happens to be my birth weekend, uh-huh. as of this recording, <laughs> I will be having a birthday on uh, the thir- on the thirty first, on the eleventh, and I'm turning thirty one. Yay! We. Yay. Um, but this weekend <laughs> they are doing double EXP weekend, and I'm not going to say it's for my birthday, but I'm claiming it anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, the last big double XP event they had, it was only a couple of hours per day, and it was for a whole week, but it was at like five a.m. Central, to 8 a.m. because it was at like 12 o'clock UCT which I mean it's like right on the meridian or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, so they were trying to see what kind of hours the European players were playing you know it was kind of like that kind of happy hour and so we kind of got the the dark end of that where it's just like okay let me just ruin my sleep schedule for double XP but uh, this whole weekend is going to be double XP, so you don't have to worry about waking up at the crack of dawn. You could just play throughout the whole weekend and uh, earn double XP that way. And then um, they're having another double XP 
to finish out the season on the weekend of the 20th. So they have a lot of stuff going on. And then on the 27th, the new season, season two, will begin. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So there's... Shout, out the, shout out to your YouTube uh, little tips video. So uh, oh, we're going to get yeah. some people over there. If y'all are listening, uh, please go to my YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash said, I think. It could be sent in the box. I don't know. Just find me on there. And I do have a video out. And it's a lot of work just editing a video. Carlos, I don't know how you do it without going insane. <laughs> that was only a two-minute video. And I was just like, every time I would move something, something else would move. And I'm like, no, that's not what I want. Uh, control Z, Control Z. Wait, no. Control Alt Z. No, wait. So oh, no. <laughs> I'm, whew, DaVinci Resolve, you, you, you're a formidable opponent. <laughs> um, other than that, I have tried out a new game, uh, which was in closed alpha, but there was no NDA. So we were able to stream it. We were able to record it and post uh, game footage of it. And it is called uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt which, uh, as the name implies, takes place in the Vampire the Masquerade uh, universe, which hadn't before gripped me until, like, you know, this game. And when I first saw it, like, when I looked at the concept, I was just like, ugh, another battle royale. Ugh, it's bloody. Like, we're going to have so many things coming out. We have Back for Blood. We have Redfall. We have, um, there's another one that's escaping me right now. But it's another bloody vampire sort of deal, you know? And now we have this game coming out, which is another visceral mm -hmm. vampire slash zombie sort of thing. And I'm just like, is this our future? <laughs> but then I actually played it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, here comes a new addiction. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but within in the game, you know, it's very Battle Royale. So, you know, you have all your guns, but there's also sword play in it. Uh, you get melee weapons. And some of them have special abilities, like the katana can reflect weapons or uh, bullets. So, like, you could just be coming across some other opponent. They're shooting at you, and you're just like, ding, 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 mm -hmm. and reflecting all the bullets back at them for a certain amount of time. Uh, there is a dual saber set, which gives you, like, a special lunge, which you can also use in the air, I think, too. I never actually experimented with the double sabers. Uh, I was too busy with that katana. But each of the... There are, like, six different classes, um, which are sorted into three factions. And depending on your faction, you'll have a different Q. And depending on your class, you'll have a different E. So your Q, there are three different Qs, and then there are six different Es. And I'm talking on mouse and keyboard, because as far as I know, that's the only um, platform that you're able to play it on. And um, some of them focus on more close combat. So you'll want to get, like, um, focus on melee and shotguns and things like that. And some of them focus on hunting and sabotage. So they're really good at, like, tracking and cloaking and things like that. as the factions and the classes go, which I was pleasantly surprised with because with the Battle Royale, you just normally drop in and shoot, you know? Yeah. So uh, it was really interesting to see that there's like a class system, almost like a job system hmm. uh, in, a, in a Battle Royale. Uh, plus it's gorgeous. It's very gorgeous. It's very Unreal Engine-y. So um, it's set in like this really foggy, gothic, I want to say like London, maybe? I'm not really sure, but it's very tall pointy buildingy mm -hmm. so you know think like big bend and like pointy chimneys and all that whatnot i feel like <laughs> i feel like that like the uh is it like a third person game or is it first person um it is third person yeah so uh you it has the same kind of movement as like hyperscape does very 
fast, very slidey, very jumpy, and you can climb up the walls uh, just on a whim. You don't need stamina or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found really interesting besides the class system is that during the match, like while you're actually playing the game, you can boost your stats by feeding on people. Because, you know, as a vampire, you got to eat. You right. Know? You can't fight, can't fight, you know, other vampires if you ain't fed. So there's a lot to juggle. Um, you know, you got to choose your class. You got to pitch, uh, pick which stats you want to boost and when. Uh, because if you are feeding on a human in front of another human, it'll give you away. And then you'll reveal to all the other vampires who can then hunt you down. And oh. blood hunt. Yeah. Uh, so it's very, I mean, it was a lot more in-depth than I thought it would be. You know, I thought it would just be like, ooh, spooky battle royale. Because mm-hmm. battle royale hasn't really shaken up the formula in, in a long time. Not since like Spellbreak, to me. Yeah, so, I, I'd agree with that. I, I, I'm looking forward to Battlefield 2042 because it's straight up not a battle royale. Maybe it has it later, but to to just not have that same exact thing is nice. And uh, yeah, that's cool. That sounds a lot more unique than I would have given it credit for just based on knowing that it's a vampire battle royale, you know? Exactly. That's what I thought too. I was just like, oh, I don't know about all this. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, I do know something about a little bit of this. Let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to to give it the the credit that it, it definitely deserves, uh, just remember it's uh, part of the Vampire the Masquerade series, which is huge. It's uh, tabletop uh, and video games. There's oh. two video games in production besides Blood Hunt uh, still. So, uh, and then they're they're still coming out with uh, with more content for their. Um, for the tabletop stuff and, and board games. Uh, I'm looking through the list. They've even got two interactive novels coming up. And so anytime you see Vampire, colon, The Masquerade, it's it's going to be at least interesting. So that was what we've been playing. And since you came up with this topic, Thomas, uh, the state of handheld gaming, why don't you uh, give us a quick explanation of, uh, of what we're talking about tonight? Okay, so uh, obviously the Switch... OLED, OLED uh, model just came out, or at least was announced uh, this past week. And that's had me thinking a lot of stuff. I mean, the first thing is, who is who's this actually for? Uh, you guys have heard me before. I'm usually pretty critical and possibly snarky about how uh, Nintendo fans really like to get that rumor mill spinning wildly out of control. And then Nintendo's just like, okay, well, we're going to do about 20% of what you guys said. Um, here you go. Uh, not to say, I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to tell what people really think because so many opinions are just so blown out of proportion and I can't tell what's uh, what's a real opinion and what's a tweet that's trying to get attention, if you know what I mean. Uh, so anyway, this had me looking at... Uh, who is this actually for? But it's not just about the Switch OLED. It's about the other handheld gaming devices that are not a phone. Well, that are that are not for mobile games, like I play Hearthstone on my phone. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, what I'm really talking about is PUBG Mobile, um, you know, Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, it's the xCloud streaming that you can do through Game Pass. Uh, you can play your Game Pass games. You can play Sea of Thieves and Gears of War from your phone um, with a controller. So... There are a lot of ways that you can play mo- like games in a handheld mode uh, of all different types, right? So I want to take a look at what that is right now, uh, who the handheld market is, and uh, you know where we think it could be leading 
based on uh, the kinds of people who play it. So we can start with the low-hanging fruit, the Switch OLED. Is that is that how the the youngins call it? The the OLED. Yes. Um, yes. Yay, OLED. So to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it took uh, me a second to so get good. that. That's uh, <laughs> the OLED model has a bigger screen. It has a built-in um, Ethernet port, where right now you have to get a dongle to uh, to use that on your regular switch. Uh, it has a better kickstand. Let me get this thing in front of me. Uh, and yeah, it's like a, it has whole, a new dock like a that goes thing. with it. Yeah, so it, it's a whole new thing. It's just a, a bigger, wider switch, right? So if you're playing on your TV, all this really means, as far as I can tell, is that you get an Ethernet port built into your dock. But if you already own a switch today, uh, the, the model's $350. I own a uh, Gen 1 Switch. There's no way I'm buying the, the new one, even though I, I do 90% of my Switch gaming um, in handheld mode. I almost never play on my TV unless I have to charge my Switch, and I have to have it on the TV while I'm playing. Um, I also don't play online games on my Switch, which is on purpose. Uh, it's kind of my indie game baby. Uh, I like to sit sideways on a couch, usually under a blanket, and play some handheld games like that. Um, that sounds so cozy. Yeah, I like it's my cozy, my cozy Switch. Uh, so the Switch to me is is that it's a it's a cozy handheld um, system, but at three hundred fifty dollars, even with the wider screen, even with the cool kickstand, uh, I'm not sure if if this is for me. As a personal thing, I was telling you guys in our chat that um, I, I tend not to upgrade things until they break. Uh, my, my PC, unless I find that I cannot do something like I have a streaming limitation or something like that, unless I hit a wall, I'm not going to upgrade a piece in my computer until I absolutely have to. Uh, a lot of people love doing that. I'm not one of those people. So the idea of selling my current Switch to get the upgraded one doesn't even seem worth the price for the new switch plus the work it would take to buy and sell using whatever marketplace. Um, so who is the switch OLED for? Um, I could think I would say immediately it would seem cool if, if I knew my preferences now and I didn't own a switch at all. Cool. Then the OLED sounds great, but a lot of people already own switches, especially with the pandemic and animal crossing and all this stuff. A ton of people bought, a Gen 1 or a Gen 2 Switch. Um, so do we think Nintendo is trying to appeal to people to upgrade? Do we think they're trying to appeal to, you know, there is constantly an influx of people who are buying new systems. They've never had one before. And Nintendo is, uh, you know, like the family. It's like the PG console, right? Uh, at least that's that's the way it would be perceived. I feel like if I was a parent who knew nothing about games. But I'm not really sure... I'm not sure who this appeals to because the rumor mill was like so everybody wanted amazing things and this seems cool it seems fine um, but I just don't know if it's enough for me to think that it's going to cause a splash um, not to say that it was a bad move on Nintendo's part they wouldn't do it if they didn't think it was a good idea uh, but I just don't I don't see myself recommending this to that many people um 
it just leaves me confused. And who cares? I'm just some guy. <laughs> I'm just a gamer. <laughs> um, so it doesn't, it really honestly doesn't matter if I'm confused. So what? But uh, I don't know who that's for. Uh, well, when the way I, that I've seen it, like, compared to is, like, if you look at their DS family, you know, there mm-hmm. was, like, the Nintendo uh, 3DS, right, which is the Nintendo Switch. And then you have the Nintendo 2DS, which is the Nintendo uh, Switch Lite, right? Uh-huh. So this OLED model is basically the 3DS XL. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the, the most accurate parallel that I've seen drawn. Uh, so to me... Thinking of it like that, it's just like you can upgrade if you want to, um, unless you have the second generation Switch, in which case the insides are basically exactly the same. Uh, the only thing that changes for you is the amount of storage, which you can already change with an SD card anyway. Um, and you also get the dock with the built in LAN adapter, which, if you're playing Switch online, is pretty crucial. Yeah. Uh, but you also do lose that port when you do that, if you do upgrade. You lose that 3.0 port, which, to be fair, nothing is using right now on the Switch. But that's still a loss of a port, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the GameCube adapter using the front, too. What are you going to do if you stream, like, with a, with a USB instead of, like, with an HDMI capture, you know? Right. So there's some options to weigh there. And what's really neat is that the dock is compatible with any of the current Switches that are out. Uh, because the Switch OLED model is exactly the same size as the other switches the only thing that makes it have a bigger screen is that the bevel on the screen is smaller mm-hmm. so you just get more screen real estate but the actual system doesn't increase in size right uh, which is actually really nice for those who are really comfortable holding their switch a certain way you know you don't have to reacclimate yourself to like a different grip or anything like that right and you can use the same um, uh carry carrying case and stuff like that same joy con right mm-hmm. as well um and i think that the speakers i mean particularly for people who play in handheld mode like you Mm-hmm. Um, I think the speakers are going to be a nice boon too. But again, if you have a V2 switch, I would hold off. Uh, if you have a V1 switch or if you don't have a switch at all, I would say it's a good investment. Uh, it is a little bit pricier with that $50 markup. But again, thinking of it as the parallel to the DS family, that's how I can rationalize it. Mm-hmm. That's how I rationalize it that way. So I don't know. I don't know who it's for, but I can... Determine why you would buy one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Specifically for me, it's it's looking at the people that bought a Switch in 2019, just prior to the V2, or they bought the Switch Lite. Um, looking at the numbers, the the normal Switch is somewhere around 85 million uh, units sold right now, and the Switch Lite is somewhere between 16 and 20 million. So maybe they're just trying to convert those those few people that have a light and don't have the normal switch um i mean there's there's still plenty of overlap there but uh, i'm i'm sure there's more than enough people out there that just have the light that might be willing to to spend that extra uh, at this point um especially if they think that that they'll need a little bit of a, a bump by the time uh, breath of the wild 2 and and stuff like that come out so mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be interested in actually getting my hands on one. I don't know when or how that's going to happen. Uh, you know, I of course I just moved to Seattle, so I don't know anybody up here yet. So it's not like I can just ask my friends to let me borrow it. Um, but I, I would like to get my hands on it because I feel like it's uh, it could be enough that I could pick up and be like, oh, so this is the big deal. Uh, I I regularly 
Yeah, and I routinely bring up how much I like the haptic feedback on the PS5 controller. But if you haven't played a PS5, then all it is is just words because, you know, I, I think it's amazing. I think the haptic feedback on the PS5 controller is an absolute game changer. But, okay, like, unless you have it in your hands, you're probably just going to say, okay, Thomas, <laughs> great, <laughs> like, cool. All uh, right, Grandma, let's get you back to bed. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to put on Returnal for you. You just hold the controller. Just... Yeah. <laughs> so I, but I, wanna... I would like to have that in my hands and actually see it for myself. Um, so I, you know, I'm not trying to rail on it just because I don't understand it. Doesn't mean it's not good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, so that's the Switch OLED that comes out in October. Alongside, uh, Metroid Dread. Mm-hmm. Dread. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Joy-Con and the dock are the same color as Emmy. Don't think I didn't notice Nintendo. Very sneaky. <laughs> so then we also have, uh, next on the list is the xCloud streaming through Game Pass, which, uh, essentially means you can play all your Game Pass games on your phone, and that's what there is to it. Uh, it's it, it's not really, it doesn't seem, as far as I can tell, limit, limiting in basically any way. Like, if you can play it on your uh, computer and or Xbox, then you can play it on your phone. Yeah, and so there's Carlos. He's got he's got the handheld one. So, Carlos, what's the one? You've talked about it before. Uh, what's the one that you've got? Uh, the Kishi is the is my main one for any time that I'm using the the cloud service. Uh, definitely a good purchase, and there's some new models that actually recently came out. Um, if people are interested in grabbing them up, uh, and yeah, the the cloud streaming is is growing, and it's kind of growing along with the rest of all the other technologies out there. Um, with with Windows uh, 11. Uh, coming out and it seems like Microsoft is pushing so much harder to get software number one more efficient uh, and more accessible on literally every device that they can mm-hmm. um, and so uh, now that it's it's either on or coming to Apple I, f- I forget because I don't really give a shit about the iPhone stuff but um, uh, when it when it came to that it's like okay now this is a whole other world of devices um it's really just for everybody at this point as far as uh game pass and and their uh, cloud streaming um and at the end of the day the the prices are getting stupidly cheap uh for everything i mean game pass is constantly on sale there's constant promos so really since they know that they're not going to hit you know 100 million Xbox Series Xs anytime soon uh why not just just get people where you can and that's the, the top notch services that they have mm-hmm. so question number 1 for you is if you have so if where you're sitting right now you obviously have your computer in front of you i know your switch is next to you i assume that your Xbox is next to you um, do where do you play using your quiche? Kishi? You just said it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, the Razor Kishi. Razor Kishi. Um, yeah, and so that's like uh, because I have the 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 fiber Wi-Fi mesh system. Um, I have a I have one of my Wi-Fi uh, little spots over next to my bed, 
So anytime I feel like taking something, uh, you know, let's say I was just playing a, a game of Madden, I wanted to get to the bed instead, so I could literally just uh, save the game real quick, hop onto uh, the cloud version uh, with the Kishi at my bed, and I'd be just fine. Bet. Um, and I mean, you can do it anywhere as long as it's attached to a, a phone with a with cell service. Um, but I, I haven't really tested it out uh, that way, just because it's uh, it really depends on your network. Mm -hmm. But again, if I had uh, if I had a brand new phone that that came out this year, the network capability would probably be totally fine uh, to deal with the the pressures that the network needs for for the cloud system uh, i just know that the pixel 4a i have is not quite fast enough processor wise to do it uh do what it needs to yeah. um yeah i've got the as, 4a uh, as well and sometimes i'm like <laughs> all right let's pick up the pace because when you're when you're trying to play something like gears 5 or even gears tactics on a phone Nah, it, it ain't happening. Like <laughs> no. we're we're talking we're talking about Witcher Three Switch issues, maybe worse oh, actually, no. oh, as God. as far as actual playability. Um, like uh, when I tested a Plague Tale Innocence on my Galaxy S uh, six tab, it literally just kept uh, uh, just what is it? It was like re it looked like it was refreshing the screen every second. Oh no! Like it would, it would fade out in color. It would come back. It would fade out in color. It would come back, and it would, it would drop frames. Like that tablet could not handle it. But uh, with with literally each passing uh, day and and generation upgrade, it's going to be near seamless for a lot of games. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Well, Rogue Company is going to be coming to mobile soon too. So I wonder if that's going to be able to take advantage of. Um, you know, that cloud streaming sort of deal. Because it's already mm -hmm. available on like almost every platform. So it only makes sense for it to come to mobile too. Yeah. And I bet that's yeah. going to be like a hot commodity. So, well, so I was wondering yeah. on that because it's a multiplayer only game. Like Gears has single player. I mean, it has multiplayer. When I think of Gears, I, I really just think of the single player, even though a lot of people would say differently. Uh, but with, um, with Rogue Company, it's multiplayer only. So, that because we had somebody bring up PUBG Mobile as well, which is uh, essentially the same game except on your screen you point at the enemy and when your crosshair is over an enemy, it pulls the trigger, it shoots. Uh, do you think, just anecdotally, do you think that uh, Rogue Company would do that or do you think it would be the actual game? And if it was, would it, well, the actual game, I'm not trying to be snarky, you know what I mean? Um, would it be crossplay? Like, w would a mobile player stand any sort of chance and have a good time if they were going against PC players, you know? Uh, because if it was fun, I mean, if they if they made PUBG Mobile and COD Mobile fun, and my friends who play those games really enjoyed them, which shocked me. I thought it was going to be a cash grab. Um, hmm. If they were able to make people have fun on those systems or on those versions, um, as, as far as people, I mean, as long as people are having a good time, then, then sure, Whatever whatever they do is going to be fine, um, but how do you how do you think that would work? Because if if it was the full game, I'd be nervous if I played it. If I was just getting whooped every time I jumped in with my friends, you know, like would you and I be able to play together? 
uh, and and would you just get frustrated on your phone or not? I mean, I'm sure they'd figure it out. They know what they're doing. They're game developers, but. Um... Well, if it's anything like Warzone or um, what's the other Call of Duty? I think Black Ops uh, that was on the on mobile as well. Um, it'll probably just be like the full game that you can play with the controller. When I was uh, like worked as a host at like a sports bar, the chefs in the back kitchen would actually be playing on their phone with a controller. They would sync the controller, like yeah. an Xbox controller, to their phone and be playing Call of Duty right there between orders. Oh, that's funny. And, like, like seamlessly. So, I mean, as long as the device is good enough, I don't see any problem uh, for something like Real Company. Um, especially when they were playing games like uh, it was. It wasn't Warzone though. It was um, it was Black Ops, but still. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it just might be the full game. It's not the way that everybody's going to play it for sure, and especially somebody like me that that loves doing single player stuff more than anything. But at the same time, yeah, like you said, the the tech behind it is really the only issue. And uh, we've seen financial numbers that show that a shit ton of people are going to play mobile regardless. So. Um, you know, uh, speaking of Rogue Company, it actually has a pretty good following on Switch. So, if you ever want to check out a, a fun Reddit, the Rogue Company Reddit gets insane. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a lot of Switch players on there. It's like, why aren't you doing? And then they're just like, shut up for like a second, guys. We have PC players. We're trying to like, like <laughs> trying to give cater to. some fan service too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the so don't starve by clay entertainment came out like seven years ago or something like i think it i think it was 2014 and on each platform it doesn't have any crossplay. on each platform it's its own localization if if i'm using that term even correctly um so the the playstation version it seems is entirely caught up with the pc version now which is great um when, when we first started playing on PS5 and then switched over to PC, we got access to a whole bunch of new stuff. We kind of had to relearn parts of the game. That's basically behind us. But on Switch, uh, as far as as far as I know, this is up-to-date inf- or accurate information. Uh, but in Don't Starve, you have four, I just held up five fingers, four uh, seasons. But on on the Switch, you have only two seasons because they haven't done whatever they need to do to have all four seasons show up in the game, right? Um, that is frustrating because having all four seasons seems crucial to the experience in that game. Um, I forget I forget which two seasons it has. It's either summer and winter, which are both the hardest because the temperature is killing you, or it's spring and fall, which are the easiest because they're the most plunt- like bountiful. Um, so I don't remember which one is which, but it feels, it, it looks certainly like half a game. Um, so that, if if the issue is that it's on Switch and it doesn't have the uh, localization team on it, that tells me I wish I could play the PC game on my phone using a controller. Problem solved. I don't I don't need it to be localized to the Switch. You know, if if they could, even today, if it was up to me and I could snap my fingers and say, hey, this entire Switch team you're actually we're we're canning it. Sorry, Switch players. Like this exists, we're not updating it anymore. Entire team's going over here, and now you're going to be able to play it on your phones. Um, I would like that a lot because, like a, a game like that that's meant to be played with your friends, it's not very intensive on your hardware. Um, that would be rad. the The only thing I would be worried about is is the UI readable 
because um, Lizzie and I, we don't even want to split a big screen TV because it'll make the UI small, just like in Minecraft. Um, you know, so I'd be worried, is the UI going to be readable on a phone? But uh, if we could if we could see a trend like that, I've for years been wishing for more crossplay. Well, we're getting more crossplay, and I'm pretty happy with where where not only crossplay is, but now you've got uh, a lot of games coming to enough platforms that um, you know, uh, what is it? Sinua's Sacrifice is the newest one. Well, actually, you know what? Don't use that example. The new Ori is on a bunch of platforms where the first Ori and the will the Ori in the Blind Forest was an exclusive to Xbox. So um, without getting into a big thing about exclusive uh, exclusivity, uh, it's nice to be able to play a lot of things on the platform of your choice. And now the idea that you can play on your phone and you don't have to rebuy the game. You already, you know, if you've got Game Pass, you already have the game. Um, that's pretty cool. And it's definitely another move towards accessibility. You just have to have a phone that can run it. Um, but, uh, I really enjoy that. Uh, you know, if I could show up at one of your places and we could play a multiplayer game together on our own screen, it's just mine's, you know, maybe significantly smaller than yours. <laughs> and I hold it in my hands. Maybe we didn't space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds, that sounds nice. That sounds like multiplayer accessibility to me. Um, you know, as long, as long as you can make the business model work, which, Microsoft doesn't seem to have a problem with. Um, that sounds rad. Uh, and so, like, the Switch has a lot going for it for basically being a tablet replacement and not, like, mob like a phone screen that you're gaming on. Um, but I would definitely welcome uh, playing mobile games on my phone uh, the way I do uh, with my Switch. Because that's, like I said, it's my cozy console. And uh, I'm, I'm either playing it under a blanket or on the toilet. <laughs> so... I can do both of those things with my phone too. But not at once. But well, well, <laughs> I have two hands. It's um, a particularly cold bathroom. Yeah. That's all. Uh, I mean the the funny thing is you you said not to mention exclusivity, but it's kind of we're getting to that point with mobile and that's a, a funny little wrinkle in the whole thing. Um like I posted here uh, in the doc that uh, we have Nino Kuni Crossworlds, which I have not tried yet, but it released recently and made $135 million in its first 11 days. Crazy. And it has not even gotten to the U.S. yet. Um, that's, so that's wild. That's the Nino Kuni franchise. There's There are multiple near games, uh, ones on already and ones coming too uh, that people are fucking crazy excited about. A ton of Final Fantasy games are on there, and again, exclusive to mobile platforms like, uh, what is it? Final Fantasy VII, the uh, Final Soldier. First Soldier. First Soldier. Uh, which Another is battle royale. It is a battle royale, but it is actually really cool. Um, the closed beta is going right now. I played one game of it and got way more excited than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you know how long it's going for? Because I might try to uh, check it out. The closed beta test uh, ended. I think that was that was a few weeks ago that it ended, but um, <laughs> it it feels recent to me. Um, yeah, that that was a really cool experience, and you know, I was talking about the technical limitations of my phone, but it played just fine, and it's a game that looks very 
very similar to Final Fantasy 15. Uh, but of course it's third person um, battle royale. Uh, it played very well on my Pixel 4a, which I really didn't didn't expect, and it was a pretty hefty download. Um, but again, all these huge franchises are getting to mobile, and they're exclusive to uh, that. Uh, it's making things a little bit, a little bit funky. But at the same time, I'm not. I specifically am not the person that that they're catering to, um, especially when I don't play any mobas and the world's biggest mobile game right now is honor of kings which is another 10 cent moba and then of course we've got another 10 cent moba in unite <laughs> coming which i actually am excited about i cannot wait yeah, this yeah. Month and, uh... so <laughs> i think we're gonna hear some really stupid sales figures though in the coming months and i mean handheld is here to stay whether it's nintendo or not it's it's selling yeah uh it reminded me Genshin Impact came out um, last year, right? I think. It feels it feels think, feels uh, like forever ago, but also, who knows? Yeah, I, I don't March, know. April last year, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but that has cross play or cross save rather uh, between your PC and your phone, and by all accounts, it's a good mobile game. I mean, it. it I, I've heard way, way more praise of that mobile game uh, than than uh, anything knocking it. And and that's not the game, you know, that's the Breath of the Waifu. That's uh, not the game that I thought would have such a, well, to make such an impact um, in the mobile market. But it was. I mean, it was one of the <laughs> most successful games um, of last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, but oh, yeah. but absolutely an example of how uh, a mobile game can have your entire game experience and not be watered down. Um, so we're definitely in a trajectory where mobile games are getting away from that, uh, you know, what what a lot of uh, elitist gamers would consider like not real gaming. There is so much real gaming, whatever that whatever that definition is, to be done on mobile now. Um, that that doesn't even include stuff like I play like Hearthstone, um, you know, or or even I I played Oxen Free on my phone. I played Stardew Valley on my phone, um, but you can you can play just about anything on your phone now, and it's crazy, uh, and it seems to be getting the proper support that it deserves. So uh, it's definitely, I mean, it's almost like its own platform. We we had a time where uh, Nintendo, Xbox, and Sony were all releasing consoles in the same cycle and then nintendo broke that cycle so you continue to have microsoft and sony then you got nintendo over here that doesn't really adhere to generational rules as well and then you got the pc that is forever upgrading and is also kind of in its own space uh you know because like i asked a question a few weeks ago i was like hey what's one of your like what's your favorite game from uh, the last generation, and several people were like, "I don't even know when the generations begin and end because I'm I'm on PC. Like that means nothing to me." Um, so you've you've got all of that. So you've basically got three different speeds. You got the two consoles, you got the Switch, and then you got the PC, and now you've got mobile, which somehow combines all of them, but is also its own separate thing. Um, it's just interesting now that the market is so diverse that uh, you can truly pick whatever way that you want to play. Uh, the the only the only thing that's sad is um, who was I? Oh, I was talking to uh, Lang, our my friend and our moderator in Discord earlier about uh, 
he misses the Connect features in the Xbox. If if we had the Connect features, we'd truly be able to play any way we wanted. <laughs> um, we do have VR, which is certainly its own thing. But anyway, uh, I don't miss the Connect at all. It never worked for me. Yeah, it was yeah. an idea. <laughs> it was a novel concept. My friend liked playing uh, Fruit Ninja a lot and just dance. But uh, oh my god, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's the that's the state of handheld gaming. If you guys if you guys have anything else you want to talk about, I just I just feel like there's so much now that being on mobile isn't really an afterthought anymore. Like I could easily imagine someone using their phone through services like Game Pass as their primary gaming platform. Uh, you know, if I was, yeah, if I was, not a... anything that should be stick out anymore. Like, you know, when I first came obsessed with Smash Legends, which is a mobile game, and then I got into Super Mecha Champions, which is a mobile game, and uh, like they're really just coming out here with some actual full fledged games now. It, it's really not the like farce people may, used to make it out to be anymore. Yeah, and uh, what I imagine, you know, I I certainly don't plan on having kids anytime soon, but if I did. Uh, to be able to boot up an Xbox game in the 10-minute period that I have a, a second away from my kids or something, uh, instead of sitting down on the couch, turning on the TV, turning on the Xbox, booting up the game, um, it's another, it's just another thing for accessibility. It's another way that people can play the way that they want and not have to do a certain thing uh, because the hardware or software uh, is limiting them. So... Uh, yeah, you don't have to choose between your game or your kids anymore. <laughs> take, that, take that to the bank. As per usual, if you want to learn more, uh, go to partyinvite.games. That has all of our links. And, uh, of course, you can find our community very easily on Facebook or Discord. Uh, and, again, those links are at partyinvite.games, uh, along with a blog uh, that hopefully we'll have some new content on soon. And, uh, you know reach out to us uh give us a yell if you'd like to uh join us as a guest sometime i mean we're always down for that uh let yeah. us know some topics that you'd like to talk about and uh, let's go from there I and mean, i have new internet which is so exciting so i can finally not only game but i will be able to stream very soon uh so as of as of this recording uh i probably won't be streaming this weekend on uh on debbie's birthday but uh ho hopefully we'll be we'll be back live on uh well, a week from when you hear this, so the weekend of the 17th. And I'm really excited. I have really missed streaming, especially the brunch specials. Um, but I, I tell you what, everybody. dude, somewhere, somewhere we're going to have to get used to is like normally I wake up and I start that stream at like 10-ish central time. But 10-ish central time is 8 a.m. here. And that's actually early. <laughs> like that's a real, I'd have to wake up and like, you know, be a person. So... <laughs> Who knows? I, I've started that stream really hungover or, or totally sleep deprived several times. So, you know, we're going to learn together. Well, thanks, everybody. And uh, Carlos, thanks for hosting. I suppose we will catch you all next week. Bye. Bye. And I'll be older. Yay. Oh, no. Barely recognize you. <laughs>